You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, Episode 7. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. So today we're going to continue our conversation. Last time we had talked about the last two episodes ago, we talked about insulin resistance, of course. Leptin resistance. Yeah. In the last episode, we talked about intermittent fasting, kind of combining a, a low-carb, high-fat diet with a intermittent fasting technique which is becoming a very, very popular approach to exactly what we're talking about. So today, we and in the last episode, we also had mentioned using amino acid therapy. We use a very specific protocol in weight loss in order to basically have an, an impact on appetite suppression or to kind of tone down appetite suppression. Now, most weight loss programs are focused on caloric restriction. If you go to any kind of the medical weight loss centers across the country, you know, medical meaning prescription, they're giving people, literally they're giving people fentramine or some of those types of medications that are, you know, you know for the most part amphetamines, which is not necessarily a great idea for people to manage their appetite and or their weight because those things, those appetite suppressing things leads to caloric restriction. And as we've talked about many times, uh, calories are important, but if you limit your calories too much, that can have kind of a, a rebound response that is not necessarily favorable. As we were talking about the set point several episodes ago. Uh, so today we're going to talk about why the amino acids would be necessary, what is going on. Now, granted, we've all had issues with willpower and cravings. Dr. Davidson, I know that with your patients, I mean, you kind of hear this almost like this repetitive story all the time, the people coming in and, and having certain issues. Well, you know, with all diets, and I don't even like the word diet, just go... To go on a diet means you actually end up gaining weight because with caloric restriction, you can only restrict your calories for so long before the body says, this isn't working, you plateau. So many people I see, they restrict their calories, they initially lose some weight, which makes them very excited, but they're also really hungry and then they plateau on their weight loss and then they try to continue with that willpower. It doesn't continue and then they start to fall backwards, eating a little bit more comfort foods and junk foods and splurging and binging. And then not only do they gain the weight back, they gain more of it. So that's, you know, that's a big issue with caloric restriction. But honestly, there are a lot of healthy diets out there. We had talked about the small frequent meals works for a lot of people. The intermittent fasting works for a lot of people. The paleo diet works for a lot of people. The keto diet works for a lot of people. There's so many different diets out there. But you know, like we talked about, we want to make things as a lifestyle change, but to implement it in any way to become a lifestyle change does make literally a change in your dietary habits, which with we had talked about with that set point is people get hungry. Any kind of diet, whether it's healthy or not healthy or whatever, is 
the appetite is going to soar and you're going to be hungry. So that's where the amino acids come in is something, something, anything that can take the edge off of that appetite will ensure success. And that's why, like Dr. Mackey had mentioned with those medical weight loss clinics, I mean, they do, they're looking at appetite suppression to keep you from eating so that you lose weight. Granted, that is caloric restriction. So it does end up biting you in the bum in the long run, but they're putting you on like, Dr. Mackey said the fentramine. So there we got the speed, which everybody that's taken fentramine, usually they, they take it in the morning and then they'll take it at lunchtime. A lot of times people can't take the lunchtime one because they can't sleep. They're getting heart palpitations. They can't sleep. They're wired. It truly does take your appetite away, but you're on speed. They also combine that with Topamax, which is a typical migraine medication, but Topamax actually decreases your cognitive function. So people will talk about how they are so forgetful on Topamax or they're kind of like, loopy and, and foggy brain. They'll even um, give B12 injections, which we do B12 injections all the time. And truly B12 injections are not going to suppress your appetite or give you, you know, enormously loads of energy. And then they'll also do, I actually have seen a lot of medical weight loss clinics give thyroid medication, in particular Cytomel, which is a, you know, a particular type of T3 component of thyroid in somebody that may not necessarily need thyroid. Yeah, I, I mean, we use you and I. Uh, of course, we prescribe a lot of thyroid medication, and we, I, you know, we both tell everyone that thyroid is not a weight loss pill. But you're right. There's some clinics that will actually give people thyroid medication because you know it does help you. It does help, quote unquote, metabolism. You know, for the most part, it does help your body. You know, burn more energy. You know, for the most part. But you know, you and I both have a lot of people on thyroid, and if the horm- the other metabolic hormones are not in a good position, you know that you know that thyroid is it's not always going to really work that way. So. Our assistant, Erica, we were talking the other day. She was watching one of those shows on TV. I think it was called like My 600 Pound Life or something like that. And we we're, her and I got into a discussion talking about there's a woman or there's a man on there and he was like 700 and some almost 800 pounds, like 778 pounds. And he went into the clinic. I think it's in somewhere in Houston, I believe, contemplating having gastric bypass surgery. The surgeon says you have to lose 150 pounds before we'll do the surgery. And, you know, she brought up this one point and, you know, they brought in a dietitian and she was kind of a little, at least what my assistant said, or assistant said that was a little bit ridiculous because she was talking about salad dressings and it has extra sugar in there. And it just seemed really kind of kind of missing the point. That yeah, this, salad dressing isn't his problem. Yeah, right. But then they showed it a, another who's in the grocery store shopping and uh, he couldn't understand why he couldn't have Hawaiian punch. Uh, it contains, contains vitamin C. Uh, I thought it was, you know, somewhat kind of healthy, you know, but of course, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, sugar sweetening agents, you know, things that are very insulinogenic in there that is going to, you know, make it worse. So, you know, this is the kind of the food landscape that we're, everyone's having to deal with. We have all this temptation out there all the time. And those people that are in a situation like that, I think that is kind of a missing component. There, there's people that, that are kind of even, even from physicians that should know better, bariatric physicians that should know better. There's still a bit of, I think, a little bit of a judgment against them. Like it's their fault. But the way that the body works is that the bigger you get, the more your appetite is turned on. It's not the other way around. We don't eat ourselves to, you know, gain weight. The more weight we gain, the more we end up eating. And that's the component that I think is 
really what the medications try to address, but they don't do a very good job of it. Using the amino acid therapy, it's obviously you're using amino acids, so it's very safe to use, but now you're flipping a switch almost in the brain and you're turning that that signal in the brain that basically tells you keep eating all the time. And that's the part, whether you're 778 pounds like that gentleman was, or you're just trying to lose 30 or 40 or maybe 50, I think we all on some level struggle with those things on a daily basis. And, and like Dr. Mackey had said, we're looking at also the metabolic hormones. So of course, you know, turning off the appetite, you're going to lose weight, but then it's going to come back if you don't change up some of those metabolic hormones or those neurotransmitters, which in particular, the amino acid protocol is working with the neurotransmitters in the brain. Because it's always funny, and I'm sure a lot of you out there have this, or you know people that have this, is all these you know, these apps on your phone for counting calories and counting food. And I put in my exercise and, you know, my, what they call, you know, my metabolic rate and and I'll have so many people and it really is, I can understand frustrating because they'll be like, look at my fitness app dot pal app and I exercise today and these are the calories and look at for the week. And I haven't lost a pound, but it says here that I'm actually negative on my calories for the week. I should have lost something and I didn't lose a pound or I lost one pound. And you know, it doesn't necessarily work that way. It'd be awesome if it worked that way, but it doesn't work that way. No. And as we've talked many times, it's way more complicated than just a math equation, you know, calories in, calories out. But we see that, you know, that same idea over and over and over people trying to keep doing the same approach. And now granted, let's be honest, you and I don't have all the answers and nobody in the country or the world has all the answers when it comes to weight loss. You know, we're still trying to figure out exactly what's going on and what works for one sometimes doesn't work for the other person. But what we all have in common is as you and I are doing some planning for this episode, we are talking about basically three main organs that are affected in this process, the liver, the muscles, and the brain. When you make some dietary change, even when you exercise, the liver and the muscles are being somewhat affected by that. You're you're changing your diet, whether it's a paleo diet, whether it's a low-carb, high-fat diet, whether it's intermittent fasting, you're getting a reduction to insulin. But one thing that tends to not change that easily or that is slow to change is changing the brain. And because people have gained weight, you know, so that set point gets adjusted or maladjusted, I guess I would say. So when you say set point, you mean they're, they're, what their body wants to weigh. Yeah, what the hypothalamus wants their body to weigh. Now, when they're in high school, they might have weighed 120 pounds, but now it's 25 years later after high school and they've put on 100 pounds, right? Their new set point is that plus 100 pounds. The body doesn't understand why, you know, when you try to lose weight, you lose 20 or 30 pounds, automatically the body goes through this huge process to try to get you back to that 220 or, you know, whatever it thinks the new set point is. And that's all hormonally driven, as we've talked about with insulin, with leptin, and the hypothalamus is kind of, you know, almost like the 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 broken thermostat that's controlling all those things. And the bigger someone is, the more rapid they try to lose weight, like that 778-pound guy, if he tries to lose weight really rapidly, which is what they usually try to make them do, the rebound response to that is, you know, usually 10 times worse. But by having this little bit of a flipping the switch in the brain, you can make the a proper dietary adjustments that then buys you more time, not necessarily slowing down the process, but in some ways you're kind of slowing down the process, but then you're creating more momentum and more consistency over time. And then people don't end up you know, sabotaging themselves, right? I mean, you know, we've talked about willpower before. Willpower is not really, our willpower muscle as human beings is not very strong. 
No. And, you know, and, you know, talking about this fella that, you know, Erica saw, who we love Erica, by the way, she happens to be our niece. So, yeah, <laughs> so. so if you call, if you call the office and you talk to Erica, just so, just so you know, she's family, be, mm-hmm. not, be nice to her. Yes, we love our family. But with this fella that she saw on TV, I don't think, you know, I honestly, I think he's a little bit more of the minority because truly everybody listening, we know what we should eat and what we shouldn't eat. So if I'm eating cheesecake, I know that, yeah, it's got protein. It's got protein in it, but it's a dessert and it's a sweet and it's not good for me. Just like if I'm, you know, eating some, you know, some people say, oh, well, I'm eating dark chocolate. It's healthy, right? Well, I love dark chocolate, but in, in copious amounts, it's certainly not healthy. So we know what we should be eating, what we shouldn't be eating. The The problem there with the brain is like you had mentioned, that set point is our bodies like junk food. We almost kind of gravitate to them, especially if you've gained weight. So the whole goal is to try to avoid those temptations and the junk food, eat the healthy food, which we all pretty much know what the healthy food is. It's just implementing that. I mean, I have patients that come in and they're nutritional counselors. So I'm like, you're the expert. You could teach people what to eat. The only reason you're having a hard time implementing it is because of your brain. Yeah, yeah. And when we're talking the brain, we're talking about a very kind of a primitive aspect of the brain, what they call the limbic system. That's where the reward centers are. And dopamine plays a very prominent role in the reward center. That's why when we have cravings for something, we're stressed, we're unhappy, we're, we're very happy. We want to celebrate something, you know, good mood, bad mood, whatever. We're not craving broccoli or carrot sticks, right? We are craving various forms of sugar, fat, and salt. And we're blessed to live in a very good quality of life in the 21st century in the United States. But at the same time, that technology that we have is also kind of, you know, leading to our demise at the same time. And those foods have been created that way almost on purpose, almost to very specifically target that reward center in the brain. And if you look at the research, which I don't encourage anybody to do, it can be kind of boring sometimes, but they'll refer to it as the hedonic pathway, as, you know, the word hedonism is, you know, almost like an excess type of an idea. This hedonic pathway or the reward pathway, dopamine plays a huge role there. Dopamine also plays a very significant role in memory and a lot of the like concentration type things. So when you have that craving for something or you see a commercial on TV and it automatically leaves an imprint on your brain, the next time you're having a craving for something or like you said, you go on a diet, your calories drop, you start doing a bunch of exercise, what is your brain going to start craving? It's going to start craving the things that it remembers on where it got that last pleasurable response from. So you're right. Even people that should know better, people that have, you know, even you and I, we have nutritional training. I mean, we still struggle with our diet. We still have issues just like everybody else does because the brain, you know, unfortunately the, our brains want to lead us astray all the time. Oh yeah. No, I, I laugh with patients because we're always really honest with each other about the food. And truly, if you have junk food in your house, your brain is going to make you want to go eat it. Like I had this other patient the other day, we were laughing because I was telling her how, you know, we don't eat bread, but for some reason we ended up with this like fresh baked loaf of bread from Whole Foods in our kitchen last weekend. And I had to, I had to open it up, rip up the bread and throw it in the garbage. And then I threw some green tea leaves over it because it can't, you know, I can't just set it in the garbage can. And I was laughing with another patient and she said she does the same things with a bag of chips because her husband brings home a bag of chips. And she's like, why did you bring home a bag of chips? So she'll have to dump it out and like crush it up and then put it in like the dirtiest garbage can she has in her house. Because you know what? 
it's it's our brains. You know, none of us are perfect. I mean, if it's there, you're going to eat it, right? And that's where family members sometimes, you know, you know, we bought that bread together. So I wasn't trying to sabotage you. You weren't trying to sabotage me. We, were, we <laughs> yeah. bought it for a very specific reason, but we were only going to have it like, you know, one meal and there's this whole <laughs> loaf of bread there. And it was just going to be a splurge thing because come on, we, we got to live life. But yeah, no, we I had to rip that up into tiny pieces and because <laughs> it literally it's almost like it has a voice yeah. uh, you know you see like on tv shows and they have these inanimate object objects that have like a mouth and eyes and stuff it's almost like that loaf of bread i think you see it like on sesame street or something <laughs> you know the loaf of bread starts talking to you and the, literally it's like you know it's like a, like a tractor beam and it pulls you into the kitchen so if you're trying to go through the weight loss process whatever and there's stuff in the house i mean the 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 first thing that you can do to help yourself is just keep it out of the house now, that doesn't mean you can never have those kinds of foods, you know, breads, cakes, cookies, crackers, whatever, but just have them, you know, be very, I would say, be very specific about it, be very focused about it, and then be done with it, you know, right? Because if you have it in your house, it's just a matter of time before you're going to go eat it. Yeah. So uh, on that note, if you want to lose weight after you've done listening to this, go into your kitchen and seriously grab a garbage bag and take all the junk food and throw it away. Even though you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm wasting all this money that I spent on it. It's not worth it. Just throw throw it away. And you'll feel so much better when you've decluttered that pantry. Yeah. And another thing that I hear sometimes specifically from ladies, because they are the ones doing the grocery shopping, is they're buying it for their husbands and their kids. And grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They don't need it any more than, than you do, and you're justifying it because what ends up happening? The grandkids are not there that often, right? The kids may eat some of it, and then who's going to get into it? The Whoever bought it, uh, that even though you're justifying buying it for someone else, you know, honestly, they don't need any more refined carbohydrates than you do. So our brain, this is what our brain does. Our, our brain plays these really nasty little tricks on us because it's trying to manipulate us in a way to get us to do things to create a specific response. And as we've talked about, you know, stress and cortisol and the more cortisol you have, it, it, that's just like pouring kerosene on the fire where you're going to be literally powerless over, over what food choices you're going to make. That's where the amino acids, we think anyways, the amino acids really come into play is they help kind of put the blinders on. So those foods don't really seem as, as exciting as they used to be because literally we're having, you know, in a very safe kind of, uh, you know, quote unquote, natural sort of way, we are using something that is creating balance in a dopamine, serotonin, you know, kind of think of it as a, like a teeter totter Our, you know, everything that we do in the United States is having an impact on those neurotransmitters by providing this very specific protocol. We are balancing that teeter totter or like maybe like a justice scale, right? We're creating, you know, we're creating a nice balance between dopamine and serotonin. And at that point, we're going to have some success, whether that is, you know, appetite suppression or, curbing appetite, you know, because as we talked about leptin resistance, right? Someone's got, I, I just did a test the other day on someone. I tested their leptin. Their leptin was almost double the normal range. How do you know someone has leptin resistance? Because they can't shut their appetite off. Their appetite, they have this, you know, they're hungry all the time. On our intake form, it'll say on there, how often are you hungry? And when someone writes on there all the time, you know that they have a leptin, they have an insulin slash leptin problem, you know, and that's where those amino acids really come into play. And as we had mentioned on the, you know, the podcast before last is leptin is released from your fat 
cells. And it's, you know, it's supposed to go up to the hypothalamus and trigger that hypothalamus to tell you that you're not hungry anymore. So there it is the brain again, the brain is not recognizing the high levels of leptin to turn off your appetite. So you're always hungry. And just like insulin resistance and leptin resistance, you don't get there overnight. It's a, it's a process. It can take years to develop. So for it to turn off and turn two weeks, like all of a sudden two weeks, I'm not leptin resistant anymore. That doesn't, it, that's not true. It's going to take months, maybe even a year to be truly, ins- you know, no longer insulin resistance, no longer leptin resistant. So in the meantime, trying to suppress that appetite, especially in the short term, that the first two weeks are always the hardest. And then that first month, a little bit better, and then it gets better and it gets better. But the first two weeks are the hardest. So trying to, like you said, literally manipulate the brain with the amino acids in a way that doesn't make it like, you know, like you're dependent, you know, you don't want to get addicted to something like an appetite suppressant. You don't want to mess with your own neurotransmitters in a way that they falter. So in, in, in some ways, actually, the amino acid treatments help balance your neurotransmitters for the future. Yeah, right. Now we'll get into who developed, we didn't develop the amino acid protocols developed by actually a doctor in Duluth, Minnesota. His name is Dr. Marty Hintz. And he used to be an emergency room physician. And this is the weird part. He's actually from my hometown in Duluth, Minnesota. I'm really originally from Superior, Wisconsin, but Duluth, Minnesota is right across the, the river, the St. Louis River from Superior, Wisconsin. So I kind of consider both of them my, my hometown. I went to college actually in Duluth, Minnesota. And he was an emergency room physician, had a small clinic in, of all places, Gary New Duluth, which is this, you know, really small blue collar little neighborhood of Duluth, Minnesota. And back in the, I want to say probably back in the, you know, early nineties, maybe even late eighties, early nineties, he started a bariatric clinic for some of the longshoremen. It's, it's right on the, uh, you know, the, the western tip of Lake Superior. So there's a lot of boats and things like that. And they had a longshoreman union there that actually paid for bariatric medicine. They paid for their, for their union members to lose weight. Uh, so they had this, you know, kind of a fairly large influx of people looking, you know, looking for weight loss. And in the beginning, he used to use Fenfin. That's before Fenfin was taken off the market. And Fenfin is just basically a combination of an SSRI, you know, like Prozac and Fentramine. Now, Fenfin has been removed, has been taken off the market, but now they still use Fentramine on a regular basis. You know, 20, 30 years later, they're still using the same thing, meaning that medication wise, they really haven't you know, the science and what is available really hasn't progressed very well in a matter of about, you know, two to three decades. They haven't really made many advances. So he started out using, in his bariatric clinic, he started using the medications and noticed fairly early on that the medications either caused a lot of side effects, which they always do, and they stopped working. People weren't really having a response over time because we don't need to get into exactly how they work, but all those medications are basically what they call reuptake inhibitors, you know, for for the most part. And over time, you're going to create actual neurotransmitter deficiency, even though it gives you a response in the short term, but the longer you use it and the more you use, the worse it's going to be. So he started, you know, him being a doctor and a chemist and, you know, having a fairly analytical science brain, he started kind of diving into those medications and how they work and discovered or, you know, kind of came to this conclusion, instead of trying to manipulate it in a pharmaceutical way, why not use amino acids, which are the building blocks for those neurotransmitters. Amino acids are what neurotransmitters are are, uh, made from. So by giving 
a very specific amount of the building blocks, then your brain would be able to convert them into the, you know, the proper neurotransmitters and then getting the response that you want. So not only do they use it for weight loss, use the amino acid protocol for weight loss, they use it for other things like Parkinson's disease, Parkinson's. I have a few patients now that are, you know, that actually have Parkinson's that I use this amino acid protocol with, and they do very well, you know, beyond the conventional treatment, which we'll talk about that on another episode. For Crohn's disease, it's very effective for Crohn's disease, which is seems weird that you give amino acids that have effect on neurotransmitters, but serotonin in the digestive tract, 97% of your serotonin is found, found in the digestive system. That's why people that are depressed, a lot of times they usually are constipated simultaneously. You give them an antidepressant like a Prozac or a Paxil and their digestion gets a little bit better. They're not quite as constipated as they used to be. So again, another example of using amino acids as opposed to always defaulting to the drug therapy. No, I, and I, I actually use it for helping people come off of antidepressants and then putting them on the amino acid protocol so that it can kind of help with that discontinuation syndrome of, um, coming off of SSRIs or, or, um, you know, some of the, even the newer antidepressants that are out. So it seems, it seems to, to, to work well on so many different levels because as we know, our brain is so important. Yeah, right. And, you know, the thing about it is that it's a, it's a very safe therapy and modality because you're just using amino acids. I mean, you can't, and I'll granted it needs to be managed properly and you can't just take, you know, the amino acids themselves. You, you know, there's, there's a lot of experience that goes into it. And I've been using it now for years and I'm still learning things all the time from how people respond. And, and every single person's a little bit different because we're all human beings, but we all have our own genetic variations and our own lifestyles and circumstance. And, you know, so it is a very, you know, there's some obviously some protocols that can be followed, but some of those protocols can be uh, can and need to be modified to fit this the situation of the person. So there's three things that we use for weight loss specifically. One's called D5, other one is called CisReplete, and the third one is called Replete Extra. D5 contains an herb that has a certain percentage of L-DOPA in there. L-DOPA is another amino acid that helps your brain make dopamine. So we're having a very profound, fairly prolific response on using something that is supplement-based, but in some ways having a very profound impact on the brain in a very specific sort of way, not a shotgun approach of any sort. You know, There's a lot of the work from Dr. Hintz, there's a lot of patient data that has gone into this protocol. It's not very complicated. We're not even going to really talk about how it works beyond the fact that it just balances brain chemistry. Uh, because even though some of the things that when you look at the actual physiology of it and the biochemistry of it is really complicated stuff. It's almost like this whole new system that they've discovered. You know, they've written a, for those of you that are interested in research, I think they've published now close to like 10 articles, 10, 12 articles, peer reviewed, you know, legitimate articles in some major journals. I'll have a list of those on the website where you can find them. And they have a couple of different things about, you know, case studies on Crohn's, case studies on Parkinson's. They use a term called a relative nutritional deficiency. And that's the rationale for using the amino acids is to basically to improve or to eliminate a relative nutritional deficiency, which is what, you know, that's why you're giving amino acids. Amino acids are an essential nutrient. That's why we have to eat protein in order to, to get, whether it's animal or plant protein, we have to eat those foods on a regular basis to 
to get those amino acids. This is a way to kind of not speed it up, but a way to create kind of a physiologic, super physiologic intake of those amino acids and then have a, have a result or an outcome as a result of that. And I'm sorry, I got distracted. I was kind of thinking about how you mentioned about Marty Hins or Dr. Hins being from, you know, working in Duluth. We're going to be going to Duluth fairly soon here. So we're going to have our whole lot of different types of temptations there yeah. in terms of, of food and junk food and all that. So, so we might, we might have our own information to talk about when we come back because we're yeah. going to go visit some family there because Rob's family is still, our Dr. Mackey's family is still there. So we're going to go do some fun summer lake house superior Duluth stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're uh, planning on spending some nice relaxation time on the on the lake. For those of you that are familiar with the area, if you're in the northern Wisconsin area, we're going to be actually in Solon Springs, Wisconsin. That's where my mom's cabin is. So we're hopefully going to have a really good time. The weather should be great. Hopefully there's no thunderstorms or anything like that, but being in the desert and rain is actually kind of a nice change of pace sometimes. You know, I know we talked a lot about, you know, different things here in the last three podcast episodes, but if you think that, you know, if you're struggling, anybody out there, if you're struggling with your weight or you think you might have insulin resistant or, or you're leptin resistant, you know, we work with people all over the country. So if you're interested, you're more than welcome to contact us at 877-521-9779, or you can always visit our website, progressyourhealth.com. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.